0: hi melanie here from aviation tours unique itineraries for aviation enthusiasts taking you to some of the most amazing air shows and events in the uk and australia they're leisurely comfortable fun escorted and to all the places you've been wanting to visit if independent travels out of your comfort zone or you just prefer the good company of fellow enthusiasts On a tour taking in the best aviation, motoring, and military museums, take a look at our website aviationtoursnz.com for more info and join us on the trip of a lifetime. Or call me for a chat on 021 076 8308. Wings Over Britain is proudly supported by the New Zealand Bomber Command Association. Telling the stories of Bomber Command and the New Zealanders who served Wings Over Britain and the Wings Over New Zealand show greatly acknowledges the fantastic support from Peter and Carola Wheeler of the Hauraki Brewing Company. And we'd like to acknowledge the awesome support from Mel and Kev Salisbury and Aviation Tours NZ and a huge thanks to all the others out there who kindly supported the tour and the series. Without them the series wouldn't have been made. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Well I'm at Bottisham Airfield, or former airfield, and I'm with Jason... Jason Webb. Nice to meet you Jason. Nice to meet you. Um, This has been a bit of a surprise to me, I didn't know this museum existed, and uh, um, my good mate Mike Shreve has brought me along here, and he obviously knows all about your museum, but I didn't know about it, so um, we've just had a look around, and then you've given me a, a jeep ride around the perimeter of the old airfield, which was fantastic. Um, tell me, how long has this museum been here, and how did it come about?
1: Um, it, it's been in this plot since about 2014. We okay. didn't open to the public though until about 2019. Right. Um, it was formerly a smokery and had been. It, it was in a fairly horrible state when we came across it. So we spent the best part of three years restoring it before we could open it to the public. So it's really only been publicly open about two or three years now.
0: Oh, right. Okay, that's probably why I hadn't heard of it. It
1: hasn't reached New Zealand yet. (laughs) No, it won't be long. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm going to publicise it. Um, Okay, so Bodisham, uh, obviously from the uh, exhibits I've seen, it started as an RAF base. Yeah, uh,
1: definitely. 1940. Um, built as a temporary station only to last seven years designed designed to last seven years Um, and really was formed at the height of the Battle of Britain Uh, and the Tiger Moths from Cambridge Airport were dispersed here and fitted with bombs with the idea of throwing back Hitler in the event event that he invaded uh, Britain but thankfully that never came to pass and then the airfield went to Army Cooperation Command uh, flying aircraft like Lysanders Tomahawks, Osters uh, and then onto the RAF Mustang um, up, up until
0: 1943. Okay. Now, the Tomahawk is an aircraft that is well known for the Middle East and uh, obviously uh, out in China and places like that, but you don't often see much about it here in Britain. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's uh, It was in the Army Corporation role. Yeah. Um, it, it needs to be remembered more for what definitely. it did there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was only in service here for about six months. Um, and they decided it was perhaps more suitable to the Middle East, yeah. uh, hence they moved it out there. And I think also they were looking theorising and looking at the Mustang coming. Right. So, but yeah, it was, it's important for those aircraft are remembered. Yes. Yeah. And of course, those early mustangs what would they be?
0: Mustang ones? Yeah,
1: mustangs, mustangs one fitted with the Allison the original Allison engine, which meant they were very good at low altitude, but were rubbish at sort of medium and high altitude. Right. right. But, yeah. but but they were
0: really long range aircraft, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah. They even were in there. those early days.
1: Yeah, even in those early days, and they used them literally to range around France, Holland, and cause as much nuisance as possible. Um, you, on raids, like, they called rhubarbs, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were very successful. At that because they were very fast at their level and could go could go as long as you wanted them to. Yeah. So
0: they were strafing trains
1: and. Trains, and... yes, ammunition barges, all yeah. sorts. Yeah. yeah, anything, any targets of opportunity.
0: Okay, And this was long before the Americans started using uh, Mustang, the, the later Mustangs, Yeah, not
1: it? Um, yeah, I mean, the later Mustangs came in after the Rolls-Royce test pilot, Charlie Harker, uh, flew one at Duxford. Yeah. And that particular airframe was later posted here uh-huh. and lost on combat operations, flying from Botsham um, by a chap called Alex McMillan, who's commemorated in the museum here with our Stadaglof 3 exhibit. Right. But yeah, it's quite a connection in terms of the Merlin to the Mustang. He was um, shot down in that very aircraft that was trialled by the Rolls-Royce test pilot who said, let's fit a Merlin to the Mustang. And that, that's what absolutely transformed the aircraft later on.
0: Wow. And you've got a number of and pieces of crashed aircraft here, Yes, Is, has anything been ever recovered from that trial aircraft that where it was shot
1: down? Which particular? That's, that, that, not to my knowledge, no, yeah. that came down in Holland and I'm not aware of any wreckage that's come from that one.
0: That'd be a good one to go dig, wouldn't it?
1: It would be a fantastic one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and
0: of course outside here you've actually got a Mustang sitting there, it looks absolutely mint, it looks so real. Um, like it's just flown in, but it's not a real Mustang.
1: No, it's actually a repl- fiberglass replica But we've done an awful lot of work putting a cockpit in it putting a real undercarriage in it And doing a lot of scale detail work to make it look as realistic as we can possibly make it And I think hopefully we've achieved that because we get an awful lot of people asking us when's it flying when's it <laughs> to... <laughs> How did it get in here? So yeah, um, we hopefully we've achieved our goal.
0: Yeah Well, I certainly have. I mean, you know, it's got the oil along the side like it's just been flying. So yeah, yeah. That, it looks fantastic um one other thing that I kind of noticed was there's a lot of volunteers here.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, we've been very fortunate. We've got a, a huge band of volunteers who come and help us. Uh, and it's really what we've become known for. A lot of the reviews feature our volunteers for being so helpful. We're trying to make it a friendly, happy atmosphere where people can come in and just enjoy. And if they've got questions, then we've got volunteers who can answer them. And it's, right. it's great to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've also got uh, one section that's dedicated to sort of the local defences in terms of the home guard. Yep.
1: ARP and all that sort of thing, and that, that's great. That's really neat to see. Yeah, I think it just tells the whole story. What we want when we set out in the museum, we want to tell the whole story, Bottomasham about about Airfield Museum. So, the RAF, uh, the Home Guard, the local defence, the Americans, and the Belgians who were here. So, make it a fully rounded story. That was very important to us.
0: Yeah. So, who were the Belgians? that were here?
1: Well, the Belgians came here in 1945. It was the RAF section of the um, Royal Air Force, and it was formed really with a view to creating the Belgium Air Force after World War Two. Oh, right. So they created like. A training school that was based between here, partly at Bottisham and partly at some local Snowwell, just a few miles from here. Okay, uh, and it was training a lot of their pilots and also training their engineers to work on aircraft. Right,
0: okay. Have you, in the research um, with this place, have you ever come across any Kiwis being uh, based here?
1: Yes, there were one or two uh, Kiwis based here. Um, that's uh, the ones I'm aware of, the ones that served with two and four squadron flying Mustangs.
0: Actually. Okay, yeah. oh, right, really. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, are there any other aspects to the museum that you think we should cover?
1: I think for me, it's the personal stories. Um, there are a lot of airfield aircraft museums around Cambridgeshire and around the UK that focus very much on the aircraft. We've tried to focus more on the personal stories behind the aircraft, yeah. telling them telling them about the people, what they did and what they achieved um, and I think that's what makes us different, I hope yeah. is the personal stories
0: I certainly noticed that uh, and the fact that you've got uniforms of actual people who served here yeah. and their story next to it, yeah. and, you know, it's not just a replica uniform, it's their uniform yes. yeah. that that really brings it home I yeah. yeah, and I, I love the fact that you've got two different commanding officers, office <laughs> set up, you know, they've got the British Uh, the RAF commanding officer and then you've got the US commanding officer.
1: Yeah, I think that's fairly unique. We've got, uh, we are very fortunate to have the family, uh, families involved, especially with Charles Rochford-Lisada, who was the first station commander here at Bottashoot. Yeah. They very kindly donated his uniform and his desk and his chair, and so we've been able to create a wonderful exhibit, which was later topped off by finding the, um, the uh, Christmas dinner menu on the eBay in Canada, would you believe. Wow. It was signed by all the participants of the Christmas dinner here in 1941, and we tracked that down on eBay.
0: Oh, that's
1: fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just another personal story.
0: I'm sure there's probably lots of people out there with connections to Bodisham who who probably don't actually realise just yet, so... If anyone out there has stories that they want to uh, send to you, how do they get in touch?
1: The best way is put in the website. Um, our website is Bottisham There's contact us section on there with, a, with an email address, telephone numbers, etc. So they can reach out to us through that, it's probably the best way. Or if you're on Facebook as well, we've got quite a large uh, presence on Facebook with a group and a page Bottisham Airfield Museum.
0: Okay, I shall be looking that up fairly soon and liking that page. Um, do you obviously have events here as well. Yes,
1: we do, yeah. We've got an area of, of space outside the museum, which is about four or five acres, and we we run large events on that. We ran one about a month ago, Bottisham at War, which was a big, nice sort of 1940s weekend where we had 1940s singers. We had a large uh, battle reenactment with Germans and uh, allies fighting it out and our battle, yep. uh, using blank firing weapons and explosives, Um, and lots of military vehicles and um, people promenading in 1940s uniforms. So it's a fantastic weekend.
0: Brilliant. Well done. Well, uh, all I can say is thanks very much again. It's been a pleasure to discover this place.
1: No, thank you for coming.
0: Cheers. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.